is Histories and Mysteries. I'm Ashley. I'm Jessica. And I'm Rochelle. And on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about residential schools in Canada. And Rochelle is going to be talking about weird and creepy things that have happened to kids. Yeah. So, super fun. I was lazy (laughs) this week. That's okay. So this is like a compilation of spooky stories or like unexplainable things that happened to people when they were kids that they swear like were true. So I was thinking of things that like kids are afraid of or like weird things that kids are afraid of, especially after like we keep bringing up um, I was afraid of the tooth fairy <laughs> when I was a kid. So funny. So I was like wanted to look and see what other people were afraid of as well. Nice. Okay, so that'll be a weird aesthetic this week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, very different. That's My stuff sure. is very heavy this week, and then yours is just all la-di-da. <laughs> yeah, and they might not be true, I don't know, but I still uh, enjoy just reading a spooky story. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to hear. I'm excited for both of your stories. I think, Jessica, your story is going to be really sad. And then <laughs> Rochelle's story will be very spooky. I'm excited. It's very heavy. Like, I don't think it'll make us cry like the Matthew Shepard episode, but it is very heavy and just something that kind of needs to be the light brought to it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I will go first then. Um, I'm just going to okay. hop right on into it. It's a shorter story. Like, there's not, honestly, like, there's not a lot on it. Um, which is unfortunate, but um, I learned about it in high school originally, and my friends and I had done a video, like a videography on it. Um, we went to an, an old dilapidated barn near my house to record oh this video to kind of like show how horrible the conditions were at these residential schools, um, and a dilapidated barn seemed like the perfect place to... I guess, um, portray that. So. Very creative. Yeah, so, um, I'm going to get my sources first this time. (laughs) I remembered. (laughs) (laughs) So, I used all this interesting, um, the Canadian, the Canadian Encyclopedia, Indigenous Peoples, Atlas of Canada, CBC News, and Global News. So, Um, And I just wanted to preface this by saying that support is available for anyone affected by the effects of residential schools and those who are triggered by the latest reports. Um, Any Six Nations members who are looking for help or in need of someone to talk to are directed to the following resources. 24-7 mobile crisis line at 519-445-2204 or 1-866-445-2204. And the Six Nations Mental Health and Addictions is 519-445-2143, but they're only available Monday to Friday, 8.30 to 4.30. And a National Indian Residential School Crisis Line has been set up to provide support for former students and those affected. People can access emotional and crisis referral services by calling the 24-hour National Crisis Line at 1-866-925-4419. So, there are some numbers for you guys, and I will put them in the um, episode notes as well, just so they're easily accessible. So, let's hop on into this episode for this week. (laughs) Um, 
So I'm sure a lot of people are like well aware, and I kind of mentioned it a couple weeks ago about what's going on in the media right now with the residential schools. Um, Ashley, have you heard about it where you guys are or? Um, I mean, I saw like one news article on it, um, honestly, on Facebook and that's really it but i don't watch a ton of news we don't have like cable or anything we just use like the streaming services so any news that i do get i generally get online so okay yeah and i like i'm sure you've seen a lot about it too rochelle right like oh yeah it's everywhere um we live by the uh, mohawk reserve i talk about that Um, in here yeah yeah and so right now there's a big issue with like taking down the statue of sir john a Macdonald that we have in one of the parks right okay. now it's all been covered up and people are talking about getting rid of that and stuff like that too so it's really big where i am right now too mm-hmm. okay so um for those of you that don't know 215 bodies were found using ground penetrating radar at a former Kamloops British Columbia residential school in the past couple of weeks during its operation this residential school the indigenous people were concerned due to the staggering number of children that were going missing after forcibly being enrolled into residential schools so now after all these years the heartbreaking truth has finally been discovered unfortunately um, and due to the rumors of unmarked graves at multiple residential schools, including the one in Kamloops, the First Nations of the area began to search the school grounds with ground-penetrating radar in 2000. So, I didn't find it anywhere, but if they started in 2000, like, I don't know if it's just taking them this long to find the remains, or if it just, like, if searching was kind of halted at some point but it seemed crazy to me that it was like 21 years ago that they started looking yeah i'm not entirely sure what went on there and i looked at so many different resources and they didn't really say like when they were found so who knows at this point um but like i said unfortunately they locate 215 bodies of young children that attended this school and some were as young as three years old which is just insane yeah and it's so so sad like they were just ripped from their homes can't imagine yeah ripped from their homes and then this is what happened to them it's just devastating so gary gottfriedson a former student at kamloops indian residential school which closed in 1978 described an atmosphere of fear and abuse He said, we were told we were ugly. We were made to feel like we were nothing but dirt, he recalled. um, And he said that it was absolutely terrifying. He said, sometimes kids would not show up in the classroom. They would disappear for the next day. And we knew that they were gone, but we didn't know where they were gone. Oh my gosh. Like, it's just crazy. It just reminds me of like those... um, like certain movies and stuff where just like children go missing like did you guys ever watch the golden compass um i don't think movie but there's actually uh okay well like these children just kept going missing and oh crap it's just real sad so it just reminded me of that movie um sorry my thing messed up um 
I have not seen The Golden Compass, but there's actually a series um, that's based on the same books on, I think, Amazon that I watched. So I know kind of what you're yes. talking about from that. Okay. Yeah, it's on HBO in Canada, I believe. Yeah. With Lynn manuel Miranda. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> I would suggest watching it. It's very good. Um, James McAvoy is in the newest version, which is cool. So what is it? What's it called? <clears throat> the Golden Compass. Oh yeah. No, mm-hmm. but like, what's the show called? Same thing. Yes. Yeah, the okay. Golden Compass. Um. Okay. Off topic. <laughs> it just re- <laughs> it just reminded me of that because all the kids went missing. Like the gypsy kids kept going missing. So. Um. After the discovery of these remains at the Kamloops School, indigenous groups are now insisting that all other residential schools be searched just like the Kamloops one. It is even believed that the Kamloops grounds hide even more bodies than the ones that were recently discovered. So, what were residential schools? In 1883, the schools received federal government funding which officially authorized the residential school system. The purpose was to educate indigenous children in the white Christian way of life, allowing them to be fully functioning members of the Euro-Canadian society. The residential school system was created by the Canadian government and churches to address the cu- oh, sorry, to, to address the country's Indian question, and that is in quotes, the Indian question. Wow. The perceived threat and impediment provided by indigenous peoples to the nation's continuous construction. Like, it's just horrible. <clears throat> so, um, they devised a system that was modeled after schools in the United States and British colonies where governments and colonial powers used large boarding-style industrial schools to convert large numbers of indigenous and poor children to Catholicism and Protestantism. That's a word. <laughs> and to transform them into good industrious workers. As a way for new settlers to claim territory previously occupied by indigenous peoples, these schools were employed in Ireland, South Africa, Australia, and New Zealand, as well as in Sweden for indigenous Sami youngsters. This paradigm was implemented by Canada in order to compel First Nations, Métis, and Inuit children to embrace European traditions, languages, and lifestyles. There was a hundred. I didn't know about that. I didn't know there were schools like in other countries. I didn't either, honestly. So, um, still super horrible. But um, there were actually 130 residential schools in Canada operated between the years of 1831 and 1996, with the last one closing in 1996. In 1931, they actually had 80 residential schools running, which was the most that they had at any time. Every province, except for Prince Edward Island, Newfoundland, and New Brunswick, housed these residential schools. Now, Rochelle mentioned the Mohawk Institute in Brantford, Ontario, and it was the first residential school to open in 1831. And it's also my husband's hometown, Brantford, Ontario. So during the period of 1831 and 1996, 150,000 indigenous children were forced to attend these residential schools. Thousands, estimated to be around 6,000, died at these schools or from the system. 
Many were missing and still not accounted for, and some of the schools, Kamloops included, didn't even document the deaths, so who knows how many more are out there. These residential schools were a kid-style concentration camp, which had minimal food. They were beaten, sexually abused, and they were not allowed to practice their own culture in any way, including how they dressed, their traditions, their language, and they weren't even allowed to use their own name. Um, in certain circumstances, they were given numbers instead of being referred to by their first name. Wow. Um, survivor and employee accounts reveal that the structures were frequently in disrepair and in some cases unsafe. Fires ripped through the schools on a regular basis and several of the buildings were entirely destroyed only to be rebuilt later. Some schools in the north ran out of tents and makeshift shelters and it's super cold in northern ontario <laughs> let me tell you it is it is so it's just like the conditions were terrible it just reminds me of the mental some of the mental asylums where um they weren't even built yet so they had to sleep in tents and everything but this is just 10 times worse because they ran out of tents that's insane um, yeah, and these were, like, young kids, right? And, like, they didn't have their parents around. They had nobody to take care of them or to, like, help them through any of this. So it's just, like, it's horrible. This must have been so scary. I know, so yeah. so scared. It's so scary. Yeah. Um, conditions like this led to many cases of influenza and tuberculosis, which were preventable diseases at that time. Later schools were built with heavy bricks and mortar architecture to demonstrate the government's education policy toward indigenous people and that it was permanent. While these modern schools were an improvement over the older ones, they were nonetheless plagued by poor food, housing, and living conditions for the students. Since the teachers were priests or nuns, they severely lacked the ability to teach properly, so only the basics were taught, which was math, English, French, and Catholicism. There were also little funding from the government during this period, um, which, surprise, surprise. <laughs> why would the government cough up the money if they're the ones providing? I was going to say, why? Wh how do you just say, like, you have to go here, but we're not going to spend any money? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Because I think that, like, the, um, the church took over most of it. Like, it had to be approved by the government, but then the church took over most of it, right? Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, in these schools, the students were required to work. So, girls cooked, cleaned, sewed, and laundered, while boys did carpentry, construction, and farming. So, it's literally like a prison. And these schools were often compared to prisons. Yeah. And, like, none of these skills that they were supposed to do every day were even taught well enough for the students to use in society after they left. So Gosh. it's just like, what was the point? Yeah, so they got, it was literally a prison. They got nothing out of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Indigenous people began protesting the schools throughout the country during the course of its operation. In 1969, the church handed the, the administration over to the federal government and the last school to close was Gordon Residential School 
Yeah, I don't know how to say this word. Um, in Punichi, Saskatchewan, it's P-U-N-N-I-C-H-Y. To me, it looks like Punichi. 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 I don't know. You guys are the Canadians. <laughs> uh-uh. Oh, man. Actually, Canada has some weird, weird, weird we really do. town names. Yes. Anyways, it was the last school to close, and that was in 1996 <laughs> in Saskatchewan. During the 1990s, residential school survivors spoke publicly about the abuses. They demanded that the truth be told about the atrocities and have the survivors compensated monetarily. In 2008, the federal government formally apologized, and that was the conservative leader Stephen Harper at the time. Many apologies followed from other responsible parties as well, and compensation was provided to some of the survivors, but not all of them. Some money was used to create the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, or the TRC, and the TRC has been somewhat of a disaster from its inception. Many leader turnovers and little success in what was meant to be accomplished by the group. So by 2015, the TRC finished the report about all the atrocities that had gone on in these schools, and the TRC labeled the residential school system as cultural genocide. An excerpt from a TRC document reads, The Canadian government pursued this policy of cultural genocide because it wished to divest itself of its legal and financial obligations to Aboriginal people and gain control over their land and resources. If every Aboriginal person had been absorbed into the body politic, there would be no reserves, no treaties, and no Aboriginal rights. So that was from the Truth and Reconciliation Commission Canada, honoring the truth, reconciling the future, summary of the final report of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission of Canada, page three. (laughs) In case anybody wants to go read that. (laughs) Page three. (laughs) (laughs) There was so much to unpack there. Um, Ashley's favorite, Justin Trudeau. So pretty. (laughs) (laughs) I know nothing about his politics. I just know that he's a beautiful man. And that's all you need to know. I remember when he like first got elected, and that's like all every other country would talk about. Well, especially because when Jessica and I first started doing this podcast, um, Trump was my president. So comparatively. Mm. Oh, Justin's beautiful, and he's well spoken, and he speaks French. Again, I know nothing about his politics, but <laughs> what a man! That's one thing I do like about him is he is well spoken. Yeah. He's like he t- thinks about what he says before he talks. Yeah, which is good. It's not <laughs> don't always get with politicians. I have, yeah, I have no comment on the matter. <laughs> don't follow politics so i also have nothing much to say about him other than the government's not handling covid very well right now in our province and it's making me real sad well that's our provincial government not a different story it's still real sad yeah. it's still real real sad i have my next vaccine appointment and i'm so excited july 15th how long has yeah. it been uh, I had my first one in April. Isn't it supposed <laughs> to be within, like, so many days? <clears throat> it sure is, but it's not the case here. So a lot of people are getting it, like, months away. So if I 
when I had it in April, they were saying I was going to get it in August. Does it even work still? I have no idea. Oh my gosh. I'm assuming it does, but there we, we just don't have as many, um, as much supply as you guys had, I guess, so. Oh, Get with it, Canada. Yeah. We're just starting to open things up, yeah. too. Like, just starting. Which is nice for summer, so yeah. we're not going to be stuck inside <sighs> yeah. all summer. Anyways, back to our our Justin Trudeau. Oh, <laughs> I forgot why we were talking about him. <laughs> so he is committed to implementing all 94 of the recommendations set out by the TRC report. And those recommendations include inquiries into the deaths and abuse, improving the education for Indigenous people currently, as well as monetary compensation, which would be approximately $20 million. Currently, tribal leaders are waiting for an apology from the Catholic Church, specifically the Pope, as many of the schools were run by the Catholic Church. The National Assembly of Catholic Bishops in Canada is preparing to send an Indigenous delegation to the Vatican for a meeting with Pope Francis to discuss Canada's residential school system and the role played by the Catholic Church. They actually wanted to do this a couple years ago, but then COVID got in the way, so they weren't able to travel. Um, This pastoral visit will include the participation of a diverse group of elders, knowledge keepers, residential school survivors, and youth from across the country. The event will likewise provide Pope Francis with a unique opportunity to hear directly from Indigenous peoples, express his heartfelt closeness, address the impact of colonization and the implication of the church in the residential schools, so as to respond to the suffering of Indigenous peoples and the ongoing effects of intergenerational trauma. Holy macaroni. (laughs) (laughs) On Sunday, June 6th, Pope Francis stated he is following the findings with pain and that he has expressed his closeness to the Canadian people affected by the tragic news. He did not, however, apologize for the church's role in running more than 60% of Canada's residential schools between 1890 and 1969. And the Catholic Church has never issued a formal apology for its role either. Um, So this is from a CBC article from the 12th of June. The Six Nations of the Grand River in Southern Ontario is requesting $10 million from the federal government to undertake a search for potential child remains on the site of defunct Mohawk Institute Residential School and the former Woodland Cultural Center in Brantford. If authorized, which they were today, I saw an article come out by the government that they were granted the $10 million. So if authorized, it will use more, um, it will use more than one-third of the $27.1 million set aside by the federal government to help communities identify burial sites. And following the Kamloops discovery, the community has since formed a working group made up of residential school survivors as well as political and administrative support to guide the search of these other sites, indicating that the $10 million is a start and they're unsure if it would even be enough for the searches that they want to undertake. Um, And just a an interesting fact that the Mohawk Institute was burned down twice and it has changed locations, which is why it needs a larger inspection of the grounds. Oh. Wow. So that is all I have on residential schools. Um, I know um, I follow the Black Creek Pioneer Village and they were saying that um, the guy that invented the educational system in Canada, I believe, he was the one that 
um, implemented the idea of residential schools, which is an interesting fact. And that's not like a very well-known fact either, because they just kind of discovered it this year too. And they oh, wow. apologized for even like Coming talking about him as like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, I mean, if anybody's affected, there are those, um, resources at the beginning that I had mentioned and that I will put it in our notes as well but um it's just horrible yeah and my heart breaks yeah yep 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 and if you want to do something for yourself too like educate yourself see if you live near any of these residential schools see if you live near any um native reserves see if there's anywhere you can help out or if there's anything you can do to get the word out there and you know exactly learn yourself yes. learn yourself <laughs> learn yourself like treat yourself but learn yourself <laughs> learn yourself mm-hmm. okay so my story this week is less of a story a little more casual I was feeling quite uninspired this week, and I just couldn't think of something that I was excited enough to like write about this week. But I kept thinking um, about talking about how I was like scared of mascots, scared of teeth fairy, and stuff <laughs> like that when I was a kid, which is like a ridiculous thing to be afraid of as a kid. So I was like, I wonder what other weird things people were afraid of as kids. And then it just spiraled into like creepy things people experienced as kids or things that like your positive happened when you were a kid or just like weird unexplained experiences in general. So I wanted to start by like asking you to like, what are the weird things that you were afraid of as a kid? Or like, did you go through anything like really creepy as a kid that you just couldn't explain? No. I have Nothing. one story. So, well, actually, I have a couple stories. I'll make them quick. <laughs> um, okay. So, when in 1998, there was a straight line windstorm that came through my neighborhood and it ripped my roof off while I was in it. Jeez. Oh, yeah, wow. It was crazy. And this one lady in the neighborhood, she was sitting in her chair and her whole front of her house came off and she flew out with it. Um, and <gasps> oh there God. was a guy. <gasps> I think, did I tell the story on the podcast already, Jess? No. Oh, okay. So there was a guy that helped her out of the street and to her sister's house, which was like a couple houses down. She has no idea who he was, and she described him to people, and nobody's ever like seen him or heard him, and she's never seen him again. Oh, that's creepy. Isn't that crazy? Whoa. Oh, that's horrifying. I imagine yeah. just being like ripped out of your house. I can't even imagine. She fell it's asleep just- in her like <laughs> recliner. It just reminds me of like the Wizard of Oz, <laughs> oh, <laughs> like yeah. taken up in like a tornado. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Were you scared of anything like ridiculous or anything specifically when you were a kid? Like, was there one specific thing? I do remember a specific point where I was like really afraid of vampires. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. All right, valid. Like, That's a valid. I don't know why. Yeah. Like, I just all of a sudden got like really scared of vampires. Like, I was gonna get my like blood sucked <laughs> or something. <laughs> That's so funny. I was just always afraid of like fuzzy TVs, like the static on the TVs and closets. Oh yeah. <laughs> Closed closets. See, then I must have just been like a really weird kid. <laughs> well, I know I was a really weird kid, but like 
because there was a lot of random things that really scared me for no reason in particular. Like, I had this doll when I was younger, and it was a mermaid, and it would, like, sing a song, and I was horrified of it. <laughs> and then I used to watch this TV show when I was little. It was, like, Fred Penner TV show, and it's like, sings with his guitar. And for some reason, the, like, intro to that show horrified me, and I could never watch it. <laughs> I think you were an odd child. <laughs> and... And and I could never listen to the song Puff the Magic Dragon because it would just make me cry. Oh, my, I always asked my dad to sing me that song to sleep. <laughs> this is sad. It just makes me cry. I can't even think about it. It makes me cry. Always. Strange. Anyways, um, so I was just, like, reading through Reddits and stuff like that, and so I picked some that I thought were, like, well, like, really gross, and I thought you guys would like. So they're all... I'm assuming they're, like, I don't... None of them were meant to be fiction, but that being said, we don't know if they are or not, but it's still, like, good writing, yeah. if it is. So the first one is by Reddit user Midnight Writer. When I was little, I had one of those mini mouse plushies with the cute costume and the big open mouth grin. I even had a studio portrait taken with it that turned out beautifully. Well, I woke up one morning and was just lying in my bed, looking over the edge of my bed at my toys scattered on the floor, or scattered on the ground. All of a sudden, as I was looking at my mini doll, it started talking. It made almost no. hissing noise. Then it started whispering no. my name. No, thank you. Frozen, I watched as the doll's open mouth slowly shut. Mm. I ran out of the room as fast as my little feet would carry me. My parents dismissed it as my imagination until I showed them the doll's permanently closed Ew. mouth. We went back and looked at the studio portrait. That doll's mouth had been open. It would not come apart now no matter how we tried. Oh, that's heinous. I don't know what happened. Maybe I'll never know, but I didn't touch that doll again. It wasn't as friendly looking with a closed <laughs> mouth. That's disgusting, Gorgeous. and I hate that. <laughs> <sighs> Thanks, I hate it. <laughs> like, that's terrifying. And, like, I can't get... People could, like, put it off as a dream or a night terror or whatever, but the fact that, like, everybody knew the doll had an open mouth. And they had photographic evidence of it. Ugh. <sighs> yeah. Ew, I don't like that. <laughs> All right, so this is from Reddit user Coconut Oil for the Soul. I like that name. <laughs> Guess if you like it that much. <laughs> that's like my mom, that's something my mom would call herself. My mom uses coconut oil for everything. She swears by it, coconut oil. I was like nine years old. I was sleeping in my parents' bed. At that point, I think it was a Saturday morning, and my dad had gone bike riding with his friends real early, and I woke up and got in bed with my mom. I was having a bad dream, and I woke up and I looked around and went to go pee. When I got back into bed, there was a white, pale hand waving at me from behind Ooh, the no closet. Thank you. <laughs> I thought I was dreaming, but I was so shocked. I couldn't do anything. I kind of put it in the back of my mind until a year later. My older cousin said that she had seen a hand waving at her behind her mirror when oh, I was at her house. It made me realize that I really experienced that and didn't imagine oh, it. Grotesque. Again, that's disgusting Yuck. and I hate it. 
It's always something about like disembodied the addition of somebody else. Yeah. Or somebody Someone else validating experiencing what you saw. it. Yeah. yeah. So this is Reddit user Carburner1. I was about eight or nine when this happened. My family had a boat that we trailered back and forth from Lake Hopatong. Perfect. I didn't look at that word before I <laughs> that tried to say it. Hopped a lake perfect. in New Jersey. We were coming in from a day on the lake and it was already dark. I was obsessed with fishing at that age and the dog was a great spot to fish as my family was getting the boat hitched to the trailer. I decided to throw some casts out. I noticed some activity in the water about 30 yards from where I was standing, which is about 60 feet from the boat ramp my family which hit, uh, was hitching the boat at. I threw my line towards what I thought was fish feeding slash jumping, and whatever was causing the activity turned towards where I was and started swimming towards me with a kind of serpentine motion. It was too dark to make out any distinctive features except a large head. I noped the fuck out, dropped my fishing pole, and ran. No one believed me at the time, but 20 years later, my story hasn't changed, and I still wonder what the fuck oh, that thing was. <laughs> that one's creepy because that's like, reminds me of like summer here. I'm like going fishing with my dad, like going boating on the lakes, and like just something big. Well, and I think the me. fact that it's in water is extra spooky because you can't see it, and like it's always kind of scary to think of like what's beneath the water that you can't see. Especially in a lake, too. Like, nothing big yeah. is supposed to live in a lake. <sighs> All right. Reddit user Matt underscore Julie. When I was two to three years old, my family lived in Lithuania. Throughout all my life, I've been sure that my whole family, my pregnant mom, my father, and myself, visited the Hill of Crosses near Siau. Siau. Yes. Right. <laughs> Thank you. I could distinctly remember the sensations of the ground as I was climbing up the steps and had vivid images of the center cross, but I never knew what this place was called. A couple weeks ago, I googled it and asked my mother if she remembers our trip to this place. She surprisingly answered that it was only her and my father there and that I was staying with my grandma then. I'm sure they never showed any photos to me as this is a sacred place to many people rather than a tourist site to show a small child, but I know I was there. Mm. It's like I'm having a memory. You're like... That's creepy. <sighs> remembering yeah. a past life. Ew. Or like... Oh. I sometimes think about like... If I'm confusing like dreams I that I had too. when I was younger. Yeah, I wonder that too sometimes. Sometimes I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know. Deja vu is pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember going to see the movie The Pacifier, like, with Vin Diesel, and I, for some, like, I knew what the ending was going to be, even though it was my first time ever watching it, because i pretty sure, like, I had a dream about it. Oh, that's weird. Like, before I even saw the movie. Yeah, it was super weird. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's weird. So like, I can't believe that actually happened, and wow. that's what I thought was going to happen. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So that was You're psychic. Sometimes. <laughs> just I just can't see ghosts. It's fine. She'll just I'm tell fine. you how movies end. Okay, this one's <laughs> mm-hmm. this this one's creepy. 
All right, Reddit user Spiderling Wales. Haven't told this one in a while. I was young, five, seven, somewhere in there. I was sleeping to my parents for whatever reason. I woke up, I remember the clock reading about 4 a.m. There was something standing by the window looking into our front yard. It looked like a man in a brown wool robe, about six foot four or so. Yeah. Started to stir, sat up in bed, and the thing yeah. turned and looked Ugh, at me. Yuck. Dear God, that face. Extremely pale white skin, lots of really pronounced wrinkles, and the face drooped like it was melting down into a really pointy chin, almost similar to a scream mask, but with all of the features of a living yeah. being. Hate that. Ugh. And he's so tall. Its mouth was hanging open, and its eyes were wide, almost like it was worried or frightened. Kept its gaze on me while it moved away from the window in front of the bed and out the open bedroom door. The second it exited the room, the lights turned on their own, and both of my parents jumped up on either side of me, breathing heavily like they'd just been woken up from a nightmare. To be clear, I was fully able to move during this. I don't think it was sleep paralysis, but I'm not sure what it could have been other than some kind of demon or really fucking <laughs> ugly ghost. <laughs> I've never seen it since, but I can still picture it clear as day. It's like the ghost of an old man. He's like, oh, come on, guys. <laughs> I'm not that ugly. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Reddit user Doc underscore Moses. The one that sticks out was when I was like three or four. For some reason, I woke, went to my sister's room, and opened her closet. I remember staring into what at the time looked like this giant dark closet. As I was staring into the darkness in my closet, I felt someone push me on my shoulders and I fell on my butt. I wasn't scared, I was more confused. After that, I somehow unlocked the door, walked a couple blocks to a busy street, and, asked, and a cop asked me where I live. The weird thing is that when I got older and I brought it up, my mom said that that was creepy because my sister didn't like sleeping in that room because she said that she would see a man Ew. in the closet. I hate that too. Were you ever afraid of like the closet or afraid of what's under the closets. bed? I hate closets. Yeah, I have like all the doors shut like the closet door I still have to have the closet door shut they creep me out (laughs) (laughs) Uh, oh this one's weird too reddit user chopstick ninja oh that time I get to talk about this again my family lives in a super rural part of Tennessee and we have a family homestead that's been passed down for generations called the Turley House Legend in the family has it that it was a Civil War hospital, which I can totally see because it's absolutely ancient and creepy. We also have a legend in the family that we're all haunted by a demon slash spirit slash God knows what called wool eyes. Okay. Like the fish? Like a walleye? Wool. Wool. Eyes. No, like wool. Gotcha. Like okay. yarn. Like wool. But not a walleye eyes. demon. He's so... P- <laughs> <laughs> Not a wall-eyed demon. No, that's, that's right. That's the right. That was the, the wall-eyed demon. <laughs> that was the wall-eyed demon. He's so prominent in our family history that he is just a fact of life at this point. So it's not unusual to hear someone say something like, "Oh, look, wool eyes is at it again. He must be upset." Ew. One of the creepy experiences I had growing up here is a never-ending rose bush. There were two rose bushes on the corner of the house that weren't very big. I have some distinct memories of playing around them and getting absolutely batshit lost in the rose bushes, running in circles for hours and hours at a time. 
It was sort of like that scene in Spirit Away when Chihiro and Haku are running through the flower hedges. I saw it really into anime, and so I feel like he had me watch it at one point, but I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I think my friend Nicole had me watch it before, unless. I'm thinking of a completely different movie, but it had, like, this big fluffy animal. I don't know. I watched something with a big fluffy guy. I can't remember Spirited Away. I think I get that movie confused with, like, Spirit the Little Horse. Oh, that's a good movie. (laughs) That's a great movie. Spirited Away is an anime. (laughs) Yes, I'm aware. Uh, Well, I was telling Michelle. Oh. (laughs) Whatever. Anyways, anyways, anyways. (laughs) (laughs) eventually i would find my way out but it would be hours later my mom would be hella angry that i was gone for so long i never really thought it i never really thought much of it because kid logic but i asked my mom about it years later she said that all the kids in the family have stories about getting lost in the same spot everybody always blamed it on walleyes saying he was just having fun messing around Wish I could go back and explore the house some. It's got some crazy stories through the years. I want to know why. Why what? Oh, it's yeah. Cool. It's yeah, and like, why is it haunting this family? Like, there's a whole story in that one. Yeah. That's so, like, so odd of a... Not like, like, yeah. white lady Wise. or like, I don't know, like, black-eyed man or like, it's wool eyes. That's very weird. So I don't know who wrote this one. So <laughs> credit to somebody in this world. So I worked for a joinery company and was delivering a loading a load to a construction site about an hour away from work. And whenever I'm out and about, I just play Reddit compilation videos through my headphones. I was about eight minutes into a video when in the middle of town at a red light with a bad feeling of deja vu, the video started buffering. I thought it was odd since I had good reception, but this is just, but I was just going to wait it out. The light went green. The video played just long <gasps> enough to say the word wait and no. started buffering again. I couldn't see anything at all. The road was clear, but I thought I'd listen, looked left and then right again. And there was a massive semi at speed that appeared out <gasps> of nowhere and ran the red light. It would have taken at the driver's side of the cab if I and I'd have been toast if I didn't wait. Definitely reminding oh me of gosh, my own mortality. That's crazy. Oh. Oh. That's some like yeah. the stars aligned. That's crazy. Shit. Hardcore guardian right angel. Like insane. This one I thought was just kind of like interesting because it would just be a total mind fuck and it doesn't affect literally anybody in the world. But like, I don't know, I thought it was funny because I'd be like really weirded out if this happened to me. My, and again, I don't know who did this, who wrote this one. My dad drank out of the same black cup every day. One day he filled up a different white cup. I asked him what gives and he claimed to always have used that cup. I asked the rest of my family, and they all said the same thing. What? So it yeah, was always according to his family, and according to the dad, that it was always a white cup to begin with. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, imagine. You'd think you were going imagine insane. That. Absolutely. Absolutely. It'd be like, oh, whoa. 
My husband recently took overnight jobs to help us out during COVID. I like this one. It's recent. Man, I saw a commercial that had a disclaimer that was like, this was filmed before the yeah, pandemic. Yeah, there's always those commercials. Because they're all <laughs> together and there's no masks yeah, on Yeah, that's crazy. Faces. Ugh. He's only been there about two weeks and works evenings overnight. It's nine to six. Last night was no different. He left home around 8.15. Our daughter, age 11, and I decided to make it a movie night. Around 11 p.m., I heard keys in my back door and the usual sounds my husband makes when he comes home. I creep out to the kitchen, make sure it was him, and it was. He told me he needed to grab his knee compression sleeve, walks down the hall, says hi to our daughter as he passes the living room and goes upstairs. He came back down, gave me a kiss, and left again. We finished our movie and went to bed. In the morning when he got home, I made a joking comment about him forgetting his knee sleeve. He was genuinely, genuinely confused as I, as I recalled the previous night. Our daughter confirmed everything I said and he was still acting confused. I pulled up our security motion camera on my phone to show him when he popped in quick, but there was no footage from the night before or any other night of him coming home after oh, he's left for gross. work. No. <laughs> my daughter and I both heard him, saw him, and I touched him. But Ew, he was never why home is it that she touched to make it worse? Nothing else. Well, she even kissed him. <laughs> I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing else. Uh, yeah, I know. Nothing else out of the ordinary happened that night. We seriously have no idea what happened. I hate that Weird. so much. Uh, I don't like that. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, this is really weird because I'm sure it's just a coincidence, but like, it's funny. Backstory, this is important later. For about nine months or so, I was planning to move to California last September. Plans fell through due to financial reasons and other opportunities had come my way. This happened to me while I was at work closing, so I was completely alone. A customer came in. He was maybe in his early 60s. I'm 21. I wouldn't say he looked like me, but he was definitely dressed similar to me, and that's how I'd expect myself to dress at that age. Kind of old man surfy SoCal vibes. But this guy says, man, I need some caffeine. I know it's late, but I've been consuming that stuff daily since I was a little kid. I told him, me too. Since I was about eight, I started drinking coffee, which is a fact about me. That's young. Very young. <laughs> <laughs> This guy continues to talk about how he loves the music I was playing in the store, etc. Then out of the blue, this guy says, So I have to ask, why did you choose not to move to California? Didn't mention California to this man at all. I have never met this man. I don't know who he is or how he knew. None of my coworkers or really anyone's beside my family knew about my plans for California. Served him his drink. He walked out. As he walked out, he said, You'll go. Maybe not now. But you love that place. Again, I never spoke about California to him, but he knew I was planning to move there and he knew I loved that place. He walked out and I've not seen him since. I asked my parents and anyone who knew about my plans if they had told anyone, more specifically an older man. They all said no, per my request to keep it on the down low. To this day, I'm still oh, in awe. Oh, that's weird. You think he met his future self? Oh, I hadn't even thought of that, maybe. Like a time traveler? That'd be cool. Mm -hmm. Oh, this one's really weird, too. Oh, these are all so super weird. <laughs> I guess I didn't read them really good when I first <laughs> was looking for them. 
because they're all still surprising me. It's always the best way to do it. <laughs> this happened a f- this happened a few days ago. My husband and I were at home. I like this one also prefaces by saying neither of us were intoxicated. <laughs> Just a normal evening. For reference, I'm five foot eight. My husband is five foot seven. We've been together for years, and I know very well what the and know very well what the other looks like head on. I'd gone to the kitchen to make a sandwich, and something fell off. I wasn't sure what until my husband asked if I was what? taller than usual. <laughs> okay. I was flat-footed and barefoot, but realized my viewpoint was as if I was on my tiptoes. I could see the top of the fridge, and my hips were above the kitchen counter. I turned to face my husband, and he seemed much shorter to me than usual. Our eyes are usually pretty close to even, but they seem much lower than mine. He says he felt like his height didn't change at all, just mine. Understandably, we were both freaked out and we were wandering around the apartment trying to figure out what was going on. Suddenly, everything felt right again and I returned to the kitchen. I could no longer see the top of the fridge and my counter was back even with my hips. My husband returned and both of us looked right again to each other. It was like... Once we couldn't see each other anymore, it fixed itself. I've heard of Alice in Wonderland syndrome before, but for it to happen where someone else can see it Mm -hmm. seems impossible. Has anyone else experienced anything like this or have any ideas? Wow. (laughs) Are you taller? Sometimes I say to my husband, you look shorter today to be mean. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I do too. Oh my gosh. I always do it as a joke because he gets like so like fakely offended like he's not really offended but he gets like fake offended and it's funny so i say it <laughs> he probably is real offended he's just be nice to say i always joke that i'm like half an inch taller than my husband and he's like we're he's like i'm definitely taller than you. i'm like we're the same height <laughs> so i always joke that i'm taller than him because of my hair volume <laughs> beat him by a hair <laughs> Yeah, so this big, is poofy curly hair. <laughs> this is the uh, yeah. This is the last one that I have. It's by Reddit user Diamond Eyes Seven. When I was a child, my grandparents' house always creeped me out. I was terrified of the basement, and there was something off about the rest of the house. Once, I, once when I was ten, my mom and I were sleeping in my grandpa's bed. I couldn't sleep, and I was facing the middle of the bed, so the back of my head was near the space between the bed and the wall-slash-window. All of a sudden, I feel something poke the back of my head twice. Don't like that. Don't like that. Back of your head. (laughs) Twice. I don't like that. I was petrified and frozen, so I never turned my head to see what was poking me. To this day, I don't know what could have happened, but I can still feel those pulses. Those were great. (sighs) I don't think I was ever, ever afraid of my grandparents' houses, but I do remember that in my granny and peepa's house, there, there uh, was wallpaper that I like kept seeing. That is creepy. Breaking me out. Don't like that. Well, now I have to promptly forget everything you just read me because Cody's working tonight and I'm by myself. <laughs> you always get the creepy Aww. stuff right before bed. I know! <laughs> I gotta get back into it. I, Haunted Walk starts this week again, so yay. To brush up on my storytelling skills. Awesome. Well, this has been good practice, I think. Good. 
keeping it up on it. Yeah. Well, it's good because I, like I said, I, I procrastinated big time. That's my week, middle like, name. <laughs> <sighs> I just couldn't do it this week. I was like, all right, nothing is Yeah, thankfully I didn't have to go this week because my mother-in-law was um, in town. And so we were kind of hanging out with her and her wife and then... You know, um, obviously working and taking care of the baby, so it's pretty busy this week. But she just left to head back to her home, and um, she does listen to this. So, bye, Helen. <laughs> bye, Helen. <laughs> bye, Helen. <laughs> well, this episode was a shorty but a goody. So, if you would like more of us wonderful ladies between now and next week, you can find us on Histories and Mysteries Podcast at GoDaddy Sites. Com. <laughs> I have to do different. Is that like really overachieving of me to I want, want to do, do it, it differently every, every time. time? I want you to come up with new things each week. <laughs> <laughs> I am the queen of like over planning and overthinking and thinking <laughs> I'm going to do all these great things and then I'm like, yeah, yeah, same. Fall off. And then start something different, and then <laughs> not finish that, and then yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? This is coming out on Father's Day, so happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Happy, happy Father's Day, Father's Day, Happy Father's Day to my dad, Mark, who's listening oh, to this. Please. You guys <laughs> have Father's Daddy. Day on Sunday in Canada, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's one of the yeah. holidays that's like the same for Just us. Just nice. Cool. Yeah, we are also on Facebook and Instagram um, at Histories and Mysteries. We are Histories and Mysteries Pod on TikTok. And we have Ghost of the Week every week on our TikTok now. Um, we usually release them on Mondays because we release our episodes on Sundays. So. That's been super fun. Uh, apparently, I need to speak up more. <laughs> You're so soft-spoken. Real quiet. <laughs> um, and um, we are also on like Spotify, Apple, obviously, wherever you're listening to us. Uh, if you want to rate and review us, I'd be super appreciative. And if you want to send us an email at historiesandmysteries515 at gmail.com with any episode recommendations or suggestions or anything. We would really appreciate it. Yay! I think that was everything. I think so too. (laughs) I haven't done that in a long time. (laughs) Alright everyone, well we look forward to bringing you two new episodes next week. Bye! Bye!